You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton and Henry Bieniemy. We're here for the next hour or so to unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Today is the March Madness extravaganza as we dive into the brackets and all the storylines that we are excited about heading into the tournament that begins this week we get the first four which we can talk about do we like that all these years later are we still into that or still avoid that but thursday at noon baby let's go i love the next few weeks and the big question today especially for the men have you put in the work to be able to enjoy the next few weeks? That's the question. What what have you done in preparation for the next three weeks? I'm coming off two weekends in a row, date nights with Jody. So I'm I'm feeling good. We're feeling good. And so next, uh, well, starting Thursday, (laughs) starting Thursday night, hey, I'm going to be watching some games. All right. Hopefully it's a a thumbs up. Hopefully we've put, put the work in. Um, maybe Jody will join me a little bit on, for, for watching some of the games as well because it's just so much fun. It's so exciting. And so the other big question today, how do you feel about college basketball these days? What, what is your excitement level? And how much does it change from regular season to the tournament? And those of you that maybe haven't been keeping up, how do you flip that switch now for the tournament? What, what does that look like for you? So we'll, we'll talk a bunch of March Madness. We'll do unpack this about brackets being revealed and this concept of revealing how does that relate to our own lives and and the bible and faith and god and jesus and so we'll discuss that in a little bit Uh, we'll also do tap drill with henry we'll get to a couple of the other uh nfl topics we did do a friday podcast where we we talked basically exclusively nfl and so if you want to listen to that that's available anywhere podcasts are found and we talked about Russell Wilson, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, some of the big stories from last week. But today, of course, the big NFL story is Tom Brady returning. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this show talking about it. Uh, but if you follow us on social media, you know, and if you listen to this podcast and you listened a few weeks ago, whenever Tom Brady, the rumblings were first happening, I said, Tom Brady's coming back. He's not going to stay retired. Now, I thought it might be a year or two and then come back. No, it only took a month. Oh, it's six weeks. Uh, so he's back, and no, no real surprise there other than I did think he was going to go to San Francisco. I was buying that storyline. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, was really pushing that, and I was jumping on that bandwagon. But it seems like he's returning to Tampa Bay, and the one positive of that is that removes Tampa Bay from the quarterback carousel. And, of course, my Carolina Panthers are trying to jump on that carousel and not be uh, – like when you play the, uh, what's that game, Luke, where you, uh, you, musical chairs, and you're left out? Yeah, 
Panthers, I'm afraid they might be that team. So hopefully that's not the case. But it seemed like Tampa Bay made a good case to try to get at least one of these quarterbacks available, especially Deshaun Watson, uh, which I want to also get into today. That's a big, big topic as well. But Luke, happy anniversary to you. Happy March Madness to you. How you feeling? Well, I'll tell you what. It is my first anniversary and uh, Being married. I, uh, I decided to give rookie of the year to my wife. She had a great, a great year. Number one. Um, yeah, it's great. You, uh, you gave me some slack when you found out I was getting married on March 14th because it is March madness time. Poor but decision. I will say I have, I've been convinced that my wife, oh, I already knew she was amazing, but our honeymoon, she allowed us to watch some basketball games. On the honeymoon, we dialed into some games. Uh, we've been, I've been communicating well ahead of time. That's the biggest thing is, hey, I, will, I would love to support you watching a lot of sports. Obviously, if I'm taking care of business as a good husband, but just let me know ahead of time. Let me know ahead of time so I can make my plans, so I can plan ahead. I have been letting her know ahead of time. we got March Madness coming up. She's excited about the brackets. She nice. set up our family bracket challenge. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah. It's I also was... surreal to be married for a year. The best you, and fastest year ever. It's kind of crazy. I still, yeah, it's still surreal to even be a husband. And But now <laughs> I'm trying to grapple with that. Saying happy anniversary to each other. We're like, wait, what? We're old enough to say happy anniversary to each other as husband and wife. So I got up, got a co- got her coffee, picked up breakfast, got some flowers. So uh, oh, nice, good off start to, off to a solid start. Way to go! I was thinking about you this weekend though because your alma mater, Texas A and M, making a deep run in the SEC tournament. Yep. Kansas winning the Big Twelve, the team that you grew up rooting for. The Dallas Mavs with a big win on Sunday. <laughs> Yep. The players' championship was going on. Yep. I mean, it was nonstop, especially with your teams in the mix. Oh yeah. So I don't know how you kept up with it all on an anniversary weekend. Well, I will how did say you that? it's worked out well. So our next weekend is uh, we're we're doing a little weekend getaway, uh, just going to Dallas, staying two nights in a hotel, uh, and just kind of getting away. Um, so that'll be next weekend. Tonight During we're just gonna we're gonna go out. March Madness. Do what? <laughs> well, part of that will be watching games. Tonight we're just going out. Um, but it worked out perfectly. This is my spring break for uh, for school. So seminary. Yeah. So I. It just it's been fantastic. Couldn't have worked Very out nice. better. Well, good good for you. No, that's that's awesome. So congrats on it on a year. Uh, it's a big accomplishment. And the other uh, big news of the weekend is. Daylight savings. And, you know, growing up, it was always like, all right, cool. Like now we get the, the you know, the sun extends and we, we get a long day. Well, now as a father, daylight savings is absolutely brutal because our daughters are on strict, you know, feeding schedules, oh, sleep true. schedules, nap schedules. You throw, you throw all of that out the window and we have to start over. It's just, it's just outrageous. So I'm recovering from that. It'll take, it, it's probably takes a couple of weeks, uh, unfortunately to kind of get back into the, 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 the normal schedule, whatever that is for this season. And so that's always challenging. Um, and then I don't know if, if anybody else can relate to this, but do you find yourself having 
absurd conversations about time when discussing daylight savings time and the transition because Jody and I, and maybe it was late, but we started having this conversation of, well, all right. So if, if you move it an hour ahead, does that mean that it's ahead of the, the, the time, the five o'clock time? Like we were, we were talking in circles and making no sense. I just started dying laughing. I was like, I don't even know what we're saying. <laughs> and, and you're trying to figure out, wait, so if it's five o'clock right now, is it going to be then six o'clock tomorrow at this time? And you just, you just, yeah. you're just beside yourself. So Am I the only, are we the only just imbeciles that are, that are trying to figure this out or do other people try to try to have these ridiculous conversations? Well, I'm just thankful that modern technology has allowed me to defer to my iPhone on, it's just going to automatically change on its own. I don't even have to try to comprehend what it means to set back, to roll forward, whatever. My phone's going to wake me up on time, which is great. My observation is daylight savings time offers great content for small talk All-Americans. So mm. not only do small talkers, especially you go, you pull up to church on Sunday, not only do small talkers have traffic and weather in their arsenal to talk about, now they get to talk about the time change. Oh, oh yeah. man, how about that time change? I yeah, really need two cups of coffee this morning. Oh, yeah, good to see you, man. Like the, We get those now. So it's the trifecta of time change, weather, and traffic. On daylight savings, <laughs> daylight savings day. So it's, oh, uh, I, I, th- it. I think that's hilarious because the amount of conversations that that is the conversation, I can't think about it too much or I get extremely uncomfortable. It's like surely wow. we have more to talk about than the amount of coffee I needed this morning because of the time change. So oh, I, I just yeah. think that's, that's a, a unique observation. I did coffee after lunch today, which is a rare thing for me finished a delicious meal, and then the guy I was with, he's like, hey, a few more minutes, you want to get some coffee. Oof, after that meal. But I did it. I did it. So daylight Pretty saving. sophisticated you of you. There you go. Is that a sophisticated thing? I don't know. I think coffee after a meal to cleanse the palate. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I, but I'm, I'm, I was already excited about the show and excited about March Madness. Now I'm on another level. Now I've gone to the next level. <laughs> well, you level. can't. I mean, it's. You're cutting it close to not being able to sleep tonight drinking coffee this late. Well, oh, that day. is a good point. And now I don't even know what time is. Like, my body thinks it's one fifteen. It's very confusing. We're a mess. We're a mess at the Johnson household. <laughs> but it's March Madness, so all is well. And before we tell you what we're convinced of, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Jody and I, we've been so thankful for MediShare as, as we've been members for over five years. MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare. And so check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it to figure out if MediShare is the right fit for you and your family. Uh, just give it, give it a try. Give it a try to get some more information. And you can also text the word unpack to the number 201-201. That's the word unpack to the number 201-201. All right, before we go heavy on March Madness, which we will do for the majority of the show, my I'm convinced is somewhat personal, but I think everyone can relate to this conversation. Because I'm convinced the Carolina Panthers should bring in Deshaun Watson. All right? Ooh. And I said this a year ago. You now, did. I'm, also, I'm also convinced that 
I absolutely love athletes and coaches that are wonderful people, that are role models, that have integrity, that have character. I root for those guys. I find myself you know, cheering for Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. All indications mm-hmm. are, wow, this guy's, this guy's the real deal, really seems to be on another level when it comes to his faith and character and all that kind of thing. I'm convinced I love the athletes that we interview on our on the Unpacking It podcast. Guys of, of deep faith, and they come on and share encouragement and, and all that kind of thing. I'm also convinced it's really hard as sports fans to navigate, wait, am I allowed to root for Deshaun Watson? Am I allowed to root for Dennis Rodman? Am I allowed to root for Kobe Bryant, for Tiger Woods, for you fill in the blank? And, yeah. and, then, and then also, what? What about the players that I know nothing about? What what do I do with that? I don't know where they stand. I don't know what they're I don't know what they've done in the past. I don't know what they're doing currently. I don't know what they're going to do in the future. And so we as sports fans and our ministry is all about sports fans following Jesus. So it's it's very this whole conversation is very difficult. And I was having this conversation a little bit at church yesterday with Panthers fans, you know, debating, all right, should the Panthers go after Deshaun Watson? Some of it is the character concerns. Now, Friday, we heard the criminal charges. Those weren't being pursued. But that didn't eliminate the questions or the concerns about kind of what Deshaun Watson was doing in his personal life. And, and a lot of it, we'll never really know. We'll never get all the answers. We, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. And we don't know people's hearts. And we don't know how much he has changed spiritually, personally, in the last year. How much this whole incident or multiple incidents or potential incidents, alleged incidents, have changed him and the backlash and all these gone through what, what if he's really, you know, changed and we, we show him grace. And so I'm convinced there's not a clear cut answer, Yeah, but I think it's, it's a worthwhile discussion and reflection in, okay, what am I looking for in who I root for? And if my team can get one of the best quarterbacks in the league, do I say, Oh, character doesn't matter. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. But uh, but I can also understand, well, Deshaun Watson's 27. Let's show him grace. Let's give him another shot. Now, if he continues, you know, down a, a tough path, um, then, yeah, then, then it ends up being an issue for the Panthers. It's been an issue for the Texans. Uh, so, anyway, I'll stop there. I, I've got a lot of swirling thoughts on this, <laughs> uh, but, but curious. So you, bring up, you bring up great points, and – it just, it, I think the reminder of what you're bringing up is before we make a, a bold statement on if we should take on a player or not based on character, we have to take a step back and realize the implications of that statement. So if, right. if I'm a Panthers fan and I say, no, I don't want Deshaun Watson because of what he has done, because of all the stuff the past year, well... To be fair to that statement, I need to take a step back, and I would need to say the same thing. I would need to go through the roster. <laughs> I would need to go, like, I would need to comb through the roster and apply that same standard to. Well, I'm supporting the Panthers, so should I have that same standard for the other players, or is it just because Deshaun Watson has a bigger narrative? Oh well, yeah, I got to stand against that. But these other players, I don't even care to think about what they've done or what they stand for. So 
a statement like oh, we don't, we don't want Deshaun Watson because of his character. I think the implications of that is you have to apply that standard to the rest of the team you support. It, whether whether the answer is yes or no, I think just I think you just have to be consistent because I don't want to buy into whether it's right or wrong to bring Deshaun Watson to your team. A lot of people I think are just going to say what the popular thing is. If it becomes popular to ban Deshaun Watson from the NFL to just he oh he can no longer play, and then everyone's opinion is oh yeah well yeah we can't take on Deshaun Watson. Well, I just. I just like thinking about why are we saying this? What are the implications of us saying this? Because if you say we can't bring Deshaun Watson on, well, you better look at your whole roster, who you are supporting somewhat blindly for a lot of positions, and you got to be fair. So yeah. that that's all I'll say there. And and so the other side of it, like I I don't think it's so we should justify like we've talked the last couple of weeks during our unpack this segment about about sin and how we respond to sin and um. I don't, and, and pursuing holiness. And, and so, you know, that's for us individually. And, and, and ultimately we want to point others to Jesus so that, that holiness and, and living a holy life is possible. Can't do it apart from him. But the, the idea that we're just going to justify, Oh, like you start doing the mental gymnastics, like, well, this player didn't, well, it wasn't really that bad. And uh, no, yeah. it's, it's bad. Like, so you can still say it's bad and we enjoy watching that player compete and what he can do. Um, and so otherwise yeah. then, then you have to watch, like, I don't even know what your options are at that point. If you're only going to root for or cheer for guys that, that are living perfect lives. Well, where, I, where are those people at? You know what I mean? I was like, so even, it's even hard. the greatest examples, yeah. you know, they're still, they, they've got, they're working and God's maturing them and, and growing them too. Um, and then for, you know, for us to also, you know, throw the stones too. And like, we better make sure that, that we've got. You know, our own life and, and we're pursuing we're pursuing yeah, holiness pursuing definitely, jesus definitely. um so i don't like the justification and, and then i also like to you know look at my own life too um now from a football standpoint i think deshaun watson's when when he's playing well and playing healthy he's a top five quarterback in the nfl that's how yeah. i feel about him and as a panthers fan yeah. if i can get a the top five quarterback i want that now there's been pause and hesitation like eh, what about deshaun uh i don't know but but I found myself pulling for Tiger Woods again, despite knowing all the shenanigans that he was a part of. I found myself rooting for Kobe Bryant, not rooting for the type of person he was. But man, look how things his life started to head in the right direction with his family and his daughters and his wife, and things things got restored, and it was kind of a you know a good finish before yeah. the sad death. But but so so all of that. So it's like Deshaun Watson, he's twenty seven. And I think God's been working in his life, and he he's he went down a tough path. It appears from what we've been told. It's it's just so, hard. As we'll never have a clear answer. It's always greater on how what's our role as a sports fan in regards to the character and morality of the players we root for. Where do you draw the line? Who can you root for? Everyone is it just on the gridiron? Is it just on the hardwood? Is it well? I. I'm only going to root for people that I specifically know. Do you go that far? It's a hard question to answer. It, it, especially when there's, again, there's obvious inconsistencies on which players are able to be restored to the love of fans, which players are forever cast out. But it is, it is hard, and it's probably one of those things where it's going to be on an individual sports fan basis on 
if you're uncomfortable rooting for someone because of what if, because of their character, hey, that's your decision. Yeah. If you're comfortable rooting for someone if they've shown uh, repentance and they've made that's change, right. and that's the key. Great. I think that's key. If again, it's going to be an individual sports fan perspective, but it is. It's an interesting question because you and I, we watch them play sports. Our only interaction with them is watching them play sports. But as followers of Jesus, we do care about what people do and what people say. We also care about people getting redeemed and repenting and changing. So all of that mixed together, it's it's hard. It's hard to have a, a concrete, clear answer. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm going to be wearing a, a Deshaun Watson jersey. I don't really wear other jerseys guys in general. Jersey. Not jersey guy in general. Not, Not even wearing guy. that Luke Keekley jersey on the wall. That's right. That's right. Um, it's hanging on the wall. But but yeah, I mean, so somebody was asked at church that a guy was asked yesterday, "Hey, would you wear a Deshaun?" He's like, "No." Would you hang it in the in your man cave? Yes. So it's just a funny, like that was his answer. That was a funny, that was a funny exchange. And so I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. Um, 70% of Panthers fans don't want Deshaun Watson, which is very interesting. Now, a lot of those fans don't like what you have to give up to get him. Multiple well, that was my picks, question on players because of the value. Yeah. Yep. But to your point, football alone, he is... I mean, he was a top. He his the conversation was Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback when he was playing, and he was phenomenal. And he wants out of Houston, so the football side of it is a team's gonna go get him. Yep, it's just a matter. I, I really think it's just a matter of time. Now, the other thing is, you know, I root for somebody like Watson, who you know, all this stuff got put out there in the public. What's he going to do? With that, is he just going to hide from it, never address it, never speak a positive message about it? And, and you know, to me, he's got an opportunity to do that. Um, and we've seen this with, you know, players over the years when they do blow it and they do something stupid and then they use that as an opportunity. If it's genuine and they, they actually have a real desire to then, you know, impact the next group of players and, 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 and reveal kind of what lessons they've learned along the way then it's a positive thing. Um, I just get, I get, I'm hesitant to just write people off. Um, no, I, like, all right, all right. He's, he's done. Like he's never, he's 27. He's done. Forget about you. it. And we kind of talked I, about that yeah. with Juan Howard a few, few weeks ago as well. And that's just our perspective as being Christ followers speaking on from the perspective of we were not written off by God, even though we are deserving of death and all of God's wrath because of our sin. We have no we have no means or no justification of writing anyone off ever because we can't look at anyone and say that person can't be redeemed. Biblically, because God is able to redeem anyone he wants to. So we don't want to write anyone off ever. We would always hope for someone to repent and seek change. And we we should be hoping for that. Yeah. And listen, I, I would prefer teams that that really go after high character guys like those teams are, are easy to root for. And that's, that would be my preference. Um, you know, I think back to those, those Tony Dungy teams, like they were, they were loaded with, with high quality guys. Um, so, but it's just a heart, like it's just not a real simple thing. 
you throw in money and power and attention and 20 year olds. And, and then with fans, we're watching all these guys and putting pressure on them. Some guys have tough backgrounds and then they get thrown into this and they're not fully equipped and prepared to handle it. And it doesn't yeah. justify the behavior. Absolutely. Discipline, punishment. It should all be there. Consequences. But it, but all of that is there. should have compassion as well. Along with that. Absolutely. You don't, you don't let these guys off the hook and it doesn't No, if they've, if, especially for people that really have, have harmed girls as a, as a dad of daughters, you kidding me? Yeah. You got to pay some consequences. Um, so I'm, I'm just saying all this. I don't have, I don't have like this, this great answer to it all. I just, I just, as a fan, it's, it's hard to wrestle with. It, it really is. Yeah, um, but as a, somebody who watches the Panthers and, and just enjoys the football of it, Deshaun Watson would be great at quarterback. He, he would. Yeah. Now, do we want him leading the way in the community? No, he's got some, he's got some rebuilding to do. He's, he's got he's to gotta rebuild his, his uh, image. And, and ultimately, it's between him and the Lord and his heart, and, and God's going to have to work on him like God's working on me right now. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that, that, that's, that's part of the deal. So anyway, I, wanna, <laughs> I think it's an interesting topic, and it gives us we're, – we're in a unique place because we actually talk about these kind of things from that perspective. Um, so open to feedback from, from listeners and, and anything that maybe was, uh, confusing or wait, why'd you say that Bryce? I I'm open to that, that pushback. So, uh, so let us know, uh, yep. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Keep your comments coming. Uh, those of you listening live, all right, we'll shift gears and we'll talk March madness. And I want to get into the, uh, the bracket side of things and encourage you to check out our March Madness Bracket Fundraiser. So we are doing a, a, a bracket challenge here at Unpacking It for you, the listeners. Uh, gives you an opportunity to support Unpacking It. Gives you an opportunity to compete against the community of sports fans. Uh, we are putting a $150 gas card up for the winner. Um, so that's exciting. We all need Ooh, gas yeah. and gas is through the roof. So it'll get you a couple gallons. Um, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's the prize. Plus... If you win the whole bracket challenge, you'll get to join Luke and I and Henry on the show. And so you can, uh, we'll interview you and, and talk about your bracket strategies and your thoughts on the tournament uh, following the championship game. And so we will, uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to get into that with you uh, if you win. So uh, Luke, if you can put the link uh, in the comments uh, to the bracket challenge uh, people yep. can sign up for that and uh, be a part of it. So today, for Unpack This, we've already been into some spiritual conversations today, but we, we'll do a double dose here. The, last night, the selection show, also known as the Bracket Reveal Show, took place. And I'm kind of a sucker for it. I love it. I love at 6 o'clock on Sunday, following all the conference championships, the reveal. I love how who's quick the it? turnaround is. Who's it's awesome. That's right. The committee, they're they're behind the scenes. They're they're in the dark. They're doing this in secret. We don't know what's gonna what what's gonna happen. And then six o'clock, Greg Gumbel, Seth Davis, Clark Kellogg, they reveal to us who's in, who's playing who, who got what seed, who's the number one seed. One I of was watching stuff. the ESPN telecast of it. Oh, you're, you're watching it delayed. 
I guess it was delayed. I, for yeah, me, I thought it, it was live with, with Greenberg and, and, and Billis talking. About no, it. you're you're getting you're getting secondhand information. <laughs> it was CBS, still quality. They have the they have the rights to the f- official reveal. So mm. our boy Clark Kellogg, he's coming on the show in a couple weeks too. Um, so I was watching him. Come on, Luke, you got to support our boys here. Um, <laughs> even though I do love Jay Billis, but um, so anyway, so so here on unpacking it, we we unpack sports, faith, and life. Look at sports stories from from a, a faith perspective, and and so this idea behind a bracket reveal is you know it's just interesting because. We, we know that this is kind of the start to the excitement that's going to follow over the next few weeks. Now we now have, we have, we have the truth. Like we have the truth of what the bracket is right here. It is. This is the truth that's been revealed. These are the teams that have made it. These are the teams that are competing. And now over the next few weeks, we'll, there's a lot of uncertainty. We'll see how it all plays out from here. But, yep. but we at least know what the bracket is at this point. And, and so how does this relate to our own lives? Well, God has revealed himself to us. He's revealed his character. He's revealed his word. He, he, he reveals himself through his word. He's revealed himself through Jesus who came to earth, fully God, fully man. And he's, God has revealed himself through creation. We look around and we see how he's, he's revealed himself. And in scripture, he has revealed what his will is for our lives, uh, for, in, in order to be restored, in order to be saved, in order to have eternal life, it's through Jesus. And he has made that abundantly clear. He has made that known to us as, as, as people. And then for each of us individually, uh, he reveals himself personally. And, and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he reveals himself uh, to us as we, as we seek him. And, and so this, uh, as, as, as Paul writes um, in Ephesians, he says, uh, as you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, Paul saying, I have been given the privilege of, of serving him by spreading this good news. And so God revealed himself actually Jesus revealed himself to Paul now Paul reveals the gospel to the, the people that, that he was ministering to while on earth and then writes a ton of the new New Testament that then reveals it to us now we reveal it to others the the good mm-hmm. news of Jesus Christ and so we continue in this this revealing uh that continues to take place and just going back to the bracket you know God reveals this is his plan redeeming the world and and ultimately wants us to enjoy eternal life with him, enjoy him, know him, love him, live life with him. That's the plan. That's his will. Now, once life kind of gets going for, for each of us, different paths, different journeys, just like throughout March Madness, there's different paths. There's, there's uh, you know, a, a lot of madness that, that takes place. <laughs> and and for, for each of us, 
um, that that plan is revealed kind of game by game, round by round, so to speak. Yep. Uh, you know, kind of day, day by day in our own lives. God reveals his plan for us personally uh, and, 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 and in that intimate relationship that we have with him through Jesus. So I'll pause there, but, but this, this topic of, of revealing, I kept hearing that word last night watching the, the bracket show, uh, and so I wanted to, to relate that to, uh, to God's revealing to us. Yeah, and it's so important to talk about. And you're right, the reveal word, the bracket reveal. Who are the seeds going to be revealed as? And just as I think we all, whether you're a Christian or not, we all have questions on how we can know, is there a God? Who is the, is there a being? Who is the God of Christianity? And it's important to 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 affirm as Christians, we know God because he has chosen to reveal himself to us. Mm. We don't know God by any effort of our own. We don't know God because we're special in some sense. God has chosen to reveal himself to us out of his grace. He has chosen to reveal himself through his word, which is now in the scriptures, the Bible, through prophets. In Hebrews 1, Revealing himself through Jesus, who is God, walking the earth, uh, who ultimately was uh, the sacrifice for us in order to be made right with God. It's important to affirm this because it's easy to kind of have our heads in the clouds and, well, how do we know anything about God? How do I know this stuff? And Well, because God has chosen to reveal himself to us. And that's an important thing to ponder and be amazed at. And it's it's a wonderful truth that God, who doesn't need us at all, hmm. not at all, has chosen to reveal himself to us and ultimately make us right with him through the redemption on the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is so important to affirm all the time, because it's true. We would not know God if he did not reveal himself to us. Hmm. That's right. So there you go. That's That's the encouragement to us today uh, that, that we got to get into his word and, he, and he'll reveal the truth to us. Yeah. Uh, that, that he'll reveal who he really is and, and how and much his, he really loves us. And his us. will for our lives, which yeah. primarily is that we would repent and be made right with God. And once we're Christians, make disciples. The That's very right. end of the gospel of Matthew is go and make disciples. Hey, what's make- God's will for my life? Well, one, be made right with him through repentance and faith and make disciples. So I I think it's a great analogy of the the bracket is revealed, all the teams, who makes the tournament, the overall picture is revealed, but how the different rounds turn out, who the Cinderella's are, who makes the final four, that's revealed progressively in the the day in, day out. The same thing with our lives. The overall big picture has been revealed, we know God is on the throne. We know He, the victory is in Christ. We know that uh, through faith we are saved and made right with God through faith in Jesus. And we know we're supposed to go make disciples and Amen. live and be made more like Christ. And then how that plays out day in, day out, we just have to continue walking with God, and we figure out those details as we live. So the analogy makes total sense. I love it. I love it. There you go. So uh, that devotional will will go out later today in written form, email form. You can subscribe 
to receive that in your email inbox by going to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. That goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, we take sports topics related to the Bible, related to our own lives. Uh, so God is real, and he's, he's revealed himself to us. And his, his, he, he is the truth. He is, Jesus is the, the, the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and so he's, he's revealed that to us. All right. We got a lot of bracket talk to get to. Make sure you fill out your brackets. Be a part of the Unpacking It fill March Madness Challenge. I'm redemption this year. I'm a, I, had a, I had a horrendous showing last year, but we're feeling confident. So I'm not great at the bracket. And unfortunately, like it's always nice when Duke is a contender because then it makes it easy for me. But following the last two Saturday nights, I have no confidence in my, in my Duke Blue Devils uh, to go the whole way. I think they're talented enough to make a little run. Yeah. But I don't think they have the toughness. It's been tough. It's been tough on they don't Coach have K's exit tour, whatever you want to call it, which I'm I'm not a fan of. I don't like the victory lap, my going out tour. I I think it's it's just weird. It distracts from the team, the players, like Kobe's going out tour. Uh I mean I, I got to see a game in Staples on its last season, which was cool. Oh, but that's really cool. Yeah, really cool. But the whole going, I don't know, the announcing, yeah, this will be my final season. And it's not bad. I just, I get caught up in how that could be so distracting for the Duke players. The pressure of, that's got to be a burden. I don't think it's more of a joy of I get to be on Coach K's final season. I think it's more of a burden. They go play at Wichita State. He'll come to Duke then. Then you're soft. Then you're soft. No, come on. No. Get off for an opportunity. You get to play for one of the greatest coaches in his final season. That's but a great now, But then the UNC the loss in the Virginia Tech loss, the, they, if they don't win the national tournament, that's it. they could be seen as a failure. Yeah. And Coach K, I don't know. I just But they've got the opportunity to be legends and go out. So that's a cool opportunity. It would be a big turnaround. It's, it's been disappointing. Duke season. I mean, they got losses. the AC championship, but yeah, to lose a Virginia Tech. Um, but so going in, you know, what are the what are the the storylines that that people are most interested in? Uh, those of you listening, you know, what what's most intriguing? What are you keeping an eye out for? And I also wonder, you know, where does college basketball fit in for people these days? Because growing up, I mean, college basketball was a big deal, especially in Charlotte. You know, ACC country, pe- people love college basketball. But I'll say the, the passion isn't quite there as much. And I, I do think the one and dones uh, has, has added to that. There's not the continuity. You're not building kind of this year in, year out, watching players develop and, and grow by their senior year. And then, you know, every few years you see a team that you've been following make a deep run and they're kind of prepared to do that. that we, we've removed that a little bit, which is tough. But I will say, despite that, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, always delivers. And so even when you don't necessarily love the state of college basketball, maybe there's some issues, maybe the regular season isn't as exciting as it once was, when it comes to Thursday and it tips off at 12-15, I'm in. And I'm in as much as I can be because you're going to get buzzer beaters. You're going to get Cinderella stories. I think more than ever, the upsets are, are possible. There's no clear cut, you know, this team's going to dominate this game and this bracket or this uh, you know, region. It's, it's wide open. It's fun. 
You still got great recognizable coaches. You still got players that you're going to watch in this tournament that then you'll be able to watch for the next 10 years in the NBA. So I, I I'm in, I love all the production, the sounds, the, the broadcasters, the halftime oh, shows with it's magical. All of it. I'm in. It's magical. And I know, <laughs> I know you, you, uh, you, and you make fun of me for saying this, but every beginning of football season, when I hear, I guess I'll hear it no longer, but when I hear Aikman and Joe Buck, that sound for me is like, wow, the magic of the NFL's back. The sounds <laughs> of March Madness on CBS is so good. Now, I have a bone to pick, which add that to the, the cliche of the day. Nice. Um, Ding. Where are these haters of college basketball? I would love to meet them because <laughs> just showing up for March Madness, you're missing out. And to say that, oh, college basketball – Nah, it's it's pooey now. Oh, it's no good. I, I beg you to watch the whole season because the magic of March Madness is just a concentrated magic that you get throughout the whole college basketball season. I like college basketball better than the NBA because there's, I just think the way the game's played, there's more excitement. There's more chaos. In the NBA, it's a simple game. You have a really good player. You do pick and roll, and you have a couple players that just go to work. And it's, can I just try to survive <laughs> these you. offensive juggernauts in the NBA? But in college, you get transition and fast break and turnovers and coaches. Not that NBA coaches aren't really scheming, but the schemes on in the, at the college level, it's like high school basketball, but on a, on a better level of what are we going to do to ball screens? What are we, are we going to trap? Can we play some zone? There's just more excitement to me. And March Madness is great. I love it. It's my probably my favorite sporting event. But the college basketball regular season is unbelievable. Watching conference play, watching out-of-conference play, it's still the same. It's just not as concentrated as it is in March. So, again, college basketball haters, I, I would love to meet you. Because I would love to know your perspective on why you don't like college basketball. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense to me at the moment. Yeah. I'm also a huge basketball junkie, and I'm biased. But yeah. I know yeah. I, I just think people like stars, and college basketball doesn't necessarily have a ton of stars because they're not there long enough to become stars. It's hard to just walk on campus as a freshman and be a star. Every once in a while, it's possible, but but it's. I don't think this season has a has a ton of ton of stars. Um, yeah. I think people are, people will be very intrigued to watch Chet Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga throughout the tournament. He, it's been he's a letdown be season, though. He's going to be fun, though. Be fun. I, I think he'll. I, I'm picking yeah. Gonzaga. I'm I'm in on the the top seed. But what um, makes college basketball great? Basketball in general, in a tournament so great is because in basketball upsets can happen way more often. There's less players on the court. And one player can impact the game more than other sports. In football, with a, it being 11 on 11 and how it's so position-based, it's hard to have, outside of the quarterback position, one player affect the game. But in basketball, five on five, you're a mid-major school. You have one or two players go off that game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, upset alert. If you're a power five, you're a top seed, and you go cold shooting, you better believe you can lose. 
So the the way basketball is even set up makes it sets the groundwork for upsets because as individuals you can impact the game so much. And it's why there's as a college basketball coach, if you have a bad season, you can turn it around quickly. By, you only need one or two good recruits, and then you can turn it around and be dominant. So I just upsets aren't a fluke in college basketball. They make sense because of the ability for players to impact the game so uh, I don't know, yeah, bigly, but the only thing with upsets now though is the gap between the teams is not that great. And so, sure, there are technical upsets, but they're not as significant as when a big power goes down. So Kansas losing to Bucknell, that was a big deal years ago. But if Kansas goes down this year, I don't think it's as big of a deal as it once was. But but that doesn't – we have to look at the positive side of that. It means that games should be way more competitive and we'll yeah. actually see more upsets so that we don't see as much chalk. As, as maybe we used to. It used to be such a big deal, like the one big upset. Now, we'll see a ton of upsets, most likely. I was listening to, I think it was Seth Greenberg. He's picking all 11 seeds to beat the six seeds this year. Yeah. And he'll probably get two of those right. Which, um, I will say, to your point, maybe this has always happened, but I've noticed a pattern on, there's power five schools getting double-digit seeds, which is interesting. Shocking. That never happened. I don't remember that so, happening as often as it does now. Maybe Michigan that needs to be changed because a double-digit seed is going to make it far this year with how many Power 5 schools are double-digit seeds. And it, there's going to be all these posts, oh, well, this many, only this many times has an 11 seed made it. Okay, well, you know who's an 11 seed? Virginia Tech. You know who won the yeah. ACC tournament That's this year? That's a great year? point. Virginia Tech. If I'm point. the Texas Longhorns, who has drawn Virginia Tech in the first round? I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. What did we do to deserve point. this? The like UCLA last year, an 11 yeah. seed, Final Four team. So the Power Five schools as double digit seeds, I don't know. I don't know if that can hold up because that that that's an and that, that makes it unfair for other. That's a tough first round game. Texas is playing the ACC tournament champions as a six seed. It, it is it, like we have to kind of change our whole it, – it's just different now. It, it really is. is. It is different. We, we have to kind of recalibrate a, a little bit. But but back to my first point, we're still going to get buzzer beaters, upsets, oh, exciting yeah. players. It's all there. It's all there in the madness. And we also have to put in perspective, two years ago, we're coming out of the two – I guess it is the two-year anniversary of when sports shut down, and it really began with college basketball. And the fact that we didn't have that tournament that year oh. – that was one of the worst parts of the Rona. Of course, the devastation for, for so many people. But from a sports standpoint, losing the tournament, we never got that back. We're never going to get that back. Well, that because was, that was devastating. I, I remember thinking with my buddies, we're thinking, oh, no, they won't cancel March Madness. No way. No way. How's that but even Then possible? championship week got canceled. Oh. I'm thinking, oh, no. And then March Madness, it was devastation. And I do kind of forget that last year, there's, there weren't as many fans. It was kind of an awkward no. fan somewhere in the crowd. This is the, the first year back. We're family. officially back this year. We're back. Yeah. So we don't, I don't think we'll have the coaches pretending to wear a mask this year. So that they've thrown that to the side. The yeah. on and off again. We have to watch that for four weeks. Yeah, so that's not exactly. Easy. Put it on in the bench, but then I'll like go, out, I'll go out and play. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask Kyrie you this. Irving didn't have to wear a mask when he couldn't play last night. Yeah. That was so, good. Let me ask you this. Now that we have fans back, we're officially back. People are going to be going to games. 
And I've been thinking about this. I th- I think I know how I feel, but for the first and second round of of March Madness, gosh, I think I'd rather watch at home than go to games for the first and second round. And my reasoning is, as a fan, that Thursday and Friday, there's three games happening at a time. I've got multiple screens pulled up. When one game goes to commercial, go into another. Oh, one game, two minute, uh, two point game with two minutes left. I'm turned into that. If you go to a venue, yes, you have the potential to see a buzzer beater in person, but you are you are cutting by at least in half the games you'd be able to watch live. And to me, that's not worth it. So I'd rather stay at home for those first two rounds and watch the games that are all happening at once. Because if I go in person, I can only watch one game at a time. And so that's, that's, my, that's my perspective. I would love to know how you feel about that. I, I totally agree. I, I've, I had the, I've been as a fan because Charlotte hosts every once in a while. So I, I went probably in high school, and it was a fun experience. And then when I was doing Charlotte radio, I went as a, a member of the press. And I sat, I think it was like the second row. And that was really cool. Like that was a fun experience. And to see the behind the scenes on kind of what goes on during a tournament and just kind of the setup and a lot of media people there. And um, there's something in the air. There's something in the air. It it was sweet. It was a, it was a really cool experience, but having done that, I, I would still prefer getting on my, on my, in my man cave with three TVs rolling and watching all the games. And, and not missing not missing anything. Because, yeah, you get stuck with a blowout, and there's always a blowout. Whereas if you get stuck with a blowout, I just turn from true TV to TBS. And now exactly. we're set. Exactly. So, so that's why I, I'm in on that. I don't think you invest tickets until, gosh, maybe the Sweet 16, but probably the Elite Eight or the Final Four. So I've been to the Final Four twice. Which is really cool. I've never done that. Which is really or, cool. Uh, uh, through the generosity of getting tickets from other people. And it's awesome. You get to watch back-to-back games, and it's great basketball. And you have all the visiting fans from all the teams coming in to cheer on their team, and it's great. But again, man, if again if you go to first round in person and it's a blowout, you know in the back of, the head, you're, back of your head you're thinking, man, if I could just pull up these other games, if I was just in the man cave back home, the That's home right. viewership in our day and age is just too good. It's, too it's good. just too good to pass up willy nilly. I, I do want to uh, smack the phone out of people's hands, though, that sit courtside and are on their phones. Leave the phone in the car. Courtside. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're checking their Instagram feed. It's like, dude, you're, you're sitting in front. Watch the game. Watch the game. Come on. So uh, I, I will I will I will say that if you got really good seats, it's 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 uh, pretty worth being there uh, to experience it. I, I can't quite get that sitting on the sitting in my in my man cave, my recliner. <laughs> there's the word I couldn't think of the word recliner. Um, my grandpa's recliner. You have a good recliner. Right. Well, no, it's not. It's actually it's just old. It's old. It's seasoned. Very old. It creaks. It creaks. It smells. It's great. <laughs> well, um, smell it. That's it goes back. It goes that's back. controllable probably. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, let's bring on Henry. We'll do a little tap drill, and then following tap drill, we'll do our MediShare moment of the week, and we'll go to the NBA. But I think we need a little NFL. We'll mix in a little NFL with Henry as well. Um, if you if you missed my talk on Tom Brady, 
uh, weeks ago uh, and those those comments are on social media. So check that video out on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, what I thought about Tom Brady when he first announced his retirement. I thought, no way, he's not retiring, and now he's back. So back in Tampa, 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 Tom, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. There you go. All right, Henry, take it away. Zap drill. What's up, boys? You guys got me okay? Barely. Where are you? Are you at the game? You're at a hockey game? Yeah, I'm, I'm out here at the Northford Ice Pavilion for the state division three semifinals. We got two games going on and we got some of the kids getting out of here practicing early. They're taking slap shots. They're, they're racing around the ring. <laughs> so the sound that you hear are, are actually the kids missing more than they're hitting. So this is the first wow. unpacking it on location. At the <laughs> division seven peewee hockey semifinal Tournament of champions. <laughs> on location. Division. That's right. It's like uh, it's like when First Take does an on location show. We're on yeah, location they, today, at, building at building up our game. local fan base. Henry's <laughs> at the Westchester Township Division Three semi <laughs> hockey pro league. We have some listeners there, though. Got to think it's worth it. It's it's, it's right. working. It's working. I'm actually getting noticed. There's a couple of guys looking up here, and they're like, "What is that guy doing with this computer?" So let's get let's go ahead and let's get into some tap drill. As Bryce did say, we do have some football stuff going on. Oh, uh, we can go. We can take this in a bunch of different ways. Which is the which is the storyline that stuck that sticks out for you besides the Aaron Rodgers, besides the Tom Brady coming back? Um, we actually have we actually have news that uh, Landry from the Browns was Jarvis Landry from the Browns was just released in because of the fact that they just traded for Amari Cooper. Uh, a sneaky, a sneaky uh, big news is that Kirk Cousins is staying with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know how you guys feel about that. And a couple of names have come up from the quote unquote unpa- from the past. We got Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if you saw the video online. But Colin Kaepernick is going around telling people he's still ready to play. And we even had a Cam Newton sighting saying that uh, some teams may want to call Cam Newton to be a backup quarterback. So, guys, what is the biggest NFL offseason uh, offseason storyline for you? All right. Well, thanks from uh, Hockeyland USA. Uh, good, good question. So, I was intrigued. I'm intrigued with what the Browns are doing because the Browns have a very talented roster, yet they underachieved last year. They, they seem to, to really buy into head coach Kevin Stefanski. Don't seem bought into Baker Mayfield. So they trade for Amari Cooper, your boy, Luke. Uh, so I'm curious your thoughts on Dallas getting rid of him. Now they get rid of Landry. They got rid of OBJ last year. Kareem Hunt might not be back. Maybe he goes to Kansas City. Uh they're in the division with the Steelers, who now just got Mitchell Trubisky as the heir apparent to, to Ben Roethlisberger, which is shout out to Kaz for that for that information. Live commenting, head, head, head scratching on on that one. Um, but we were just talking. The demand for starters is so high. Trubisky was getting another shot. I, yeah, I, who was telling me that Trubisky's just isn't the guy? I was listening. Yeah, so, you know, I was talking to somebody or listening to something that that. Trubisky's just not the answer. Oh, somebody at church was telling me that. That that 
he was listening to a podcast. There you go. That's why I, I have to re remember where I get my information from. A knucklehead at, at church was telling me this, um, but no, Trubisky. He may not have the the high level NFL elite skills to to get it done. However, going to Pittsburgh with the coaching, with the weapons around him, a wonderful running game, he may get a chance to be able to win some games. Where, like we were talking about on Friday's show, can, is it is it a guy that can at least he doesn't get in the way of you winning? Well, um, so that that there's some potential there. I think you can win. If you are a B level quarterback, if you're on a really good team and you, if you have a great season. So what seems to be for, for Dak in Dallas, it seems to be, he's a guy that he's not going to carry a team, but if he's, if the Cowboys fill out a good roster and Dak has a great season one of his best, better seasons, that'd be good enough for a Super Bowl. So I, the Steelers could hope for a great Trubisky season and hope that everything clicks for a year, and it could work. That's why I think Kirk Cousins good enough to do that in Minnesota. You get a great season out of Kirk, and everything clicks on that team because you can't go out and get a Rodgers every day. You got to hope that your B-level guy plays out of their mind all season long and everything else clicks on your team. I think what's most fascinating to me for Henry's question, got to think Jarvis Landry is going to Tampa. He'll be the oh. Antonio Brown replacement. Really? I can uh, see it. I can see yeah. it. To me, I don't. I think he's a touch overrated. I, I think he's pro he's probably like a really good third wide receiver, and a Ooh. and a decent second receiver. I think that. Well, because he was really good in Miami, right? Eh. Sorry. Oh, he was number I'm not, one. Not real high on him. Wasn't he a number one? I think we should take his Cleveland days with a grain of salt. I don't think that's an accurate <laughs> representation of who he is. There was too much Gosh, going on there. Who's the best receiver from Cleveland in the last twenty years? Braylon Edwards. Oof. That's that. I, that's I returned so many punts and kicks for touchdowns in Madden with that guy. He was fantastic. Like Braylon. Yeah, they, they haven't had many receivers though. Man. They're tight well, end, Josh though. Kellen Winslow Jr. Unfortunately for Josh Gordon. Who was that? Was it Kellen Winslow? Tight end, yeah. He had a tough, tough end to his his story. Yikes. Um <laughs> yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean, anyway, Cleveland. So Cleveland, I'm just I'm intrigued by Cleveland. What are they gonna do? Is Baker Mayfield? Because there were starting to be rumblings that Tampa Bay was interested in Baker Mayfield. So I don't know who else. Oh. I haven't heard anybody else interested in him. Um, so they might be stuck with him another year, but I think we're all in agreement. Eh, not your guy, franchise guy. Keep doing the commercials. Stick to the commercials. So I'll, <laughs> stay, I'll, I'll stay with that uh, that mantra. And as far as Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick's been out of the league too long. It's been it's just been too long. I I, I just think it's that, the ship has sailed for him to 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 have a chance. Uh, he had a chance a couple years ago. That something didn't work out with the uh, the the. When he showed up, what was the deal? Like you, you come and look at him. What do you call that? Uh, what do you call the like? Hey, your own personal pro day. Yeah, a throwing day, uh, and then that didn't work out. So I think that that ship has sailed for Cam. I still think the Panthers should bring him back as a backup and as a goal line back. This is what if I'm the GM of the Panthers, I'm hmm. getting Deshaun Watson. I'm moving Christian McCaffrey to the slot. I'm moving Cam Newton to the goal line back. Actually, Deshaun can run the ball in too, but um, but I'd still keep Cam around. 
That I, I don't think anybody else is bringing Cam in as a starter. He didn't prove that he can be a starter anymore. He can't throw the ball last year in Carolina. It, he it can't just throw didn't, the ball. didn't happen. He had a chance to, and it didn't happen. Um. So anyway, all right. What's 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 next? Give us give us something else, Henry. As we listen to pucks flying, is this the mighty duck? The mighty duck. Wow. Get Coach Bombay. Knuckle puck. You got to get Coach Herb Edward. Uh, Herb. Herb, baby. Not Herb Edwards. Little known fact, Herb, uh, little known fact about the Money Duck movie. Um, Saturday Night Live. Keenan, Miracles, Keenan, um, Coach. Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Keenan Thompson was the goalkeeper for the Ducks. And he That's came right up in. with the knuckle puck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, D2 is <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. That's a great movie. You got to watch Miracle every six months. Every six oh, months, you got to watch another Miracle. One. Miracle, Miracle is another one. Uh, have you got, have oh, you guys picked on. out? Have you guys picked out your 12-5 upset for this year? Here's a little known fact about the 12-5 upset in NCAA tournament. We've had a 12-5. We've had a 12-5 upset in 1990, 94, 96, 99, 01, 02, 06, 08, 09, 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2019. So for those of you that are counting, that's 13 12-5 upsets. So is it, is it imperative to have at least one 12-5 upset in your bracket? All right, so... It, I don't see like, it this year. Yeah, I, to me, it's like, all right, that always seems to happen, but I didn't. none of them jumped out to me this year. So I, I usually have to have a reason for why I'm going to jump on an upset because upsets are too hard to, to predict if you're just looking at the numbers and all that kind of thing. So it's just kind of gut feeling, and, and who do you like? So Murray State uh, has a former App State player and, and former assistant coach, uh, Matt McMahon, uh, as their head coach. And so I'm going Murray State as an upset. And then also Chattanooga, they they won in dramatic fashion, buzzer beater. I'm, I'm going to say they carry that momentum into a first-round upset. So those are my two, two Cinderella stories that I'll be uh, keeping an eye out for and, and we'll put in my bracket. So there you go. What about for you, Luke? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't see any 12-5s. I will say, though, South Dakota State is a good team. I'm trying to remember who they play first round. Got the bracket pulled up, but uh, oh, now we're gonna play bracket game. All right, let's let's listen to Luke go through all the brackets. We'll go from Henry with the with the pucks flying behind him, and now we're gonna listen to Luke scrolling through his bracket. Unbelievable! <laughs> the show okay. is off the rails right so now. So South Dakota State, I like them. Rutgers. If they win the playoff game against the playing game against Notre Dame, Rutgers could be could have make a deep run as an eleven seed. There's another Power Five school as an eleven seed. Very good team. What? Okay, that's fair. What do we make of Michigan though? Oh, like, baloney. Of, you know, okay, I just let me Jawan let me. Howard, it comes back. They lose. Let me get on my soapbox here. Michigan in the tournament is corruption, blasphemy, <laughs> heresy, sinful an atrocity, a grave injustice. How, Michigan and Notre Dame getting in above my Aggies. 
who let's hear it let's hear it the let's aggies the, the aggies are left out first four the, out first of all the michigan is one of a handful of teams who have ever gotten to the tournament with only three wins above 500 i think they just got in because Jawan howard's their coach they should not have got in over a&m who had a great tournament run uh, who have a better resume notre dame a&m has a better resume and beat notre dame head-to-head I think A&M not getting in is because the committee does not care about the conference tournaments. I, we, need, we need this on paper. The committee does not care about conference tournaments, but if they don't, can we say it? Can you say you're making your decision regular season alone? Conference tournaments are only, only benefit those who win the tournament? Because A&M, the only reason they don't get in is if the committee just did not watch the SEC tournament. To beat Auburn and Arkansas back-to-back, Already having good other good wins throughout the season. Ah, oh, so, it made me so mad. I was so mad, and then to see Michigan get an at-large bid over A and M, that that was the final straw. It's, it's that was tough. that was oh, oh so gosh. I root. I I love Buzz Williams, Marquette, Virginia Tech. I don't care where he is. Texas Everywhere A&M. he goes, he's a great I mean, leader of men. Develops culture. Phenomenal. Really good so, coach. He's he, if you ever if you ever catch him, he doesn't do a ton of interviews on for podcasts. But if he does, it's so good. It's yeah. he's so good. I, I've and heard his him on own Tim media. Rome, John Gordon. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Check out his own social media too. He has a. It's crazy. He has an entire media team that follows him around and documents stuff. Um, because he has he, a lot of good videos on his own pages. I, I caught him after the game they won against against Arkansas, and he's talking about the Matrix and the I mean, red just, pill and the blue pill. It was amazing. He's, he's something else, man. It's yeah. it's cool. But so on one end, I'm bummed that he's not in the tournament to watch him and, and listen to him after games. I hope though that this means he'll show up on TNT or a TBS wherever one of these. Well, they are in the NIT. They're a number one. They're a one seed. Ah, uh, um, that's a waste of time. He, we should have him broadcasting. He would need, be really. He would be really good. The NIT, but the NIT. I, I feel like that's gone by the wayside. I, that, that, that to me, that used to matter. Like it used to be somewhat significant. Well, I, so I, I started watching the uh, the ACC tournament docu series on ESPN yeah. Plus, yep. and they were saying that the NIT and NCAA tournament were even. Like it was a I pretty even split even, on yeah. which which tournament you entered. Yeah. I know. So, but it just seems like he's lost his luther. So, anyway, I wish I wish we saw more of Buzz because that's that's my point. I'm a big fan, big fan of Buzz. All right, uh, we probably need to do our uh, MediShare moment of the week. Any last thoughts from from Henry before we uh, see you go skate away? <laughs> yeah, before I go find Gordon Bombay and try out for the Ducks, um, I'm going to take a little bit of a of a take here myself. Uh, for my I con- for my I'm convinced. I believe that the tournament. The, uh, the conference tournaments are for the lower seeds. Case in point, Virginia Tech. If Virginia Tech hadn't beaten Duke in the ACC finals, Joe Lenardi said they still wouldn't have gotten in. Okay, the unlikeliest team in the ACC couldn't even get to the conference finals and get in. They actually had to beat Duke to get into the big dance. The conference finals... The conference tournaments are not for the top 25 because regardless of whether they win it or not, they're still going to get in regardless. They may not necessarily have a seed or even the, the selection committee all had already even picked out their seeds probably before all the tournaments start. 
So to me, the conference tournaments are not for the Duke. They're not for the Kansases. They're not for the Gonzagas. Therefore, as, as uh, people like to call them, the Cinderella team. Yeah, I just want to get that in writing because A&M was playing to get a bid in this tournament. And a lot of people thought they did enough, even though they didn't win the tournament. So from their perspective, they're playing to get in. But if the committee doesn't care, if it only cares if you win the tournament, we got to get that in writing because then they're playing in vain, essentially. And it, it was just frustrating. My, my one thought on the smaller schools or, or conferences, to me, the regular season champ should be the one that goes to the tournament. I, I, I don't like that, you know, they, they end up having a little off game and then they're out. Whereas for five months, they were clearly the best team in the conference. Um, in these smaller conferences, it is when interesting. One bid league, I, it's always tough for me that I had a team that got hot for the weekend. They're the ones that go. Eh, I don't love that. So it's interesting. I don't know how I feel. I, I feel like I would have agreed with you, but again, after watching the ACC tournament documentary on when the ACC, the only ACC team that went to the NCAA tournament was the tournament winner. That's right. Conference tournament winner, no matter what your record was, all the teams embraced it. So True. in one sense, it gives teams a chance. In another sense, even if you win the regular season, you better not be entitled because you haven't done anything if you're a mid-major. You're not going yeah. to the tournament. So it's yeah. there it's yeah, trying to figure out what's fair in sports is always impossible, but I, I do sympathize with your point. All right, Henry. Great stuff, buddy. Thanks for, for making it today. Uh, all right, boys. I'm gonna go put on my ice skates. There you go. Skate away. Video evidence of that. <laughs> Say hi to the Bass Brothers for me. All right. Um, man, I, I watched D2 so many times growing up. Oh, my gosh. I love I love that movie. I might have to. I got to get that in the rotation again. Um, not sure what age Maddie can handle that. I wait a little bit. Eight I can't to believe you're, you're throwing shade on Miracle. Man. I mean, the movie... I don't know. I don't know if I love the movie. Maybe I need to watch it again. I think I watched it one time. It may have just been the mood I was in. You just, we just need, you need to do a, a Kurt Russell marathon. Go sky high, straight into Miracle. And that's going to be a great Kurt Russell. I don't even know. Yeah, it's probably not my go-to. Mm. I'm not sure how many good. movies. I, I try to watch Miracle like... every six months. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Interesting. Man. And I re- yeah. within the past year, I watched Mighty Ducks for the first time. What? I and I've only seen the first one. What? You've never seen D2? <laughs> no. All right. Get out of here. Luke's gonna go. He's gonna go watch D2. Uh <laughs> I'll finish up the show. All right, let's get to our, our meta share moment of the week. And we gotta go to the NBA because yesterday Kevin Garnett got his his number retired with the Boston Celtics, which is cool. That's great. I was never a huge Kevin Garnett fan. I like Tim Duncan. They kind of went head yeah. to head. Who was Kevin the best Garnett, forward of that era? worse than Dirk. Still not as good as Dirk. Oh, so any you're list, Dirk any list that comes out and has Garnett above Dirk, yeah, you've lost all credibility, whoever made that list. Well, so he got a championship, Garnett did, in, in Boston with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, yet Ray Allen left to go join the Heat and, and win with LeBron and Wade and, and Bosh. And so apparently there's been this beef between those Celtics players for a long time with Ray Allen and we don't know all the details, but it seemed pretty petty to me just from the outside looking in um, that he made that decision to go play for the heat. And it happens in sports a lot. 
Uh, their kind of era was was done. And then, of course, Garnett and Paul Pierce got traded to the Nets, and that was a disaster uh, with Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, they finally picked up the pieces from that. Yeah. But the point of why this is the moment of the week is that last night, Ray Allen was in attendance. The three of them hugged it out. And all is right in the sports world in Boston and, and with the Celtics. And I like it. You're, you're cringing at it. This is great. We, we want to see, you know, they, even that trio, like Ray Allen was the, the fourth or fifth guy when it came to Miami. He was a pivotal piece with those three. It's a great um, team. Allen, Pierce, team. Garnett, Rondo, young Rondo. Really fun Yeah, team. great. Great back and forth with the Lakers and Kobe during that era. Was so Scalabrini I was, on that team? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was a Lakers guy. But the, the, the fact that we could see some forgiveness and, and see those guys move past it, uh, I thought was really, was really nice. And, and to see, I guess, really what happened was at the 75th anniversary team celebration during the All-Star game, Ray Allen and Garnett kind of found themselves near each other, and they seemed to... to bury the hatchet add that to the cliche uh bank um but whatever that means bury the hatchet we've got so, a fortune in the cliche bank cliche that's right bank. so they buried the hatchet now they're they're good to go so that is I, i'm all for forgiveness uh especially from a spiritual standpoint it's key we got to forgive we got to we got to we got to forgive one another as christ forgives us and and so to see it in sports play out that way as well um it's a good example it's a good example to, uh, to seek forgiveness in our own lives. So we'll end on that. That's your MetaShare moment of the week. Check out MetaShare.com slash Unpacking It. Thanks to MetaShare for their support of the Unpacking It podcast and Unpacking It Ministries. Uh, great to partner with them. Thanks to you for listening today. Go fill out your bracket. Uh, join our challenge. You can find the link on, on our social media uh, pages, Facebook, Twitter, at Unpacking It. And we'll, we'll have it on our website as well. Uh, but fill that out. Support the ministry. Greatly appreciate your, your generosity. And uh, we'll have some fun competing against one another. All right. That's it for this week. Next Monday, we'll recap four days of March Madness. Can't wait to talk about all of the craziness and the madness that we will see. We anticipate it. It's going to be fun. And uh, in the meantime, let's continue to... Uh, Go to God's word. See what he reveals to us in his word. Continue to, to seek him, and he'll reveal his will to us and, and reveal his love, his grace, his kindness, his character, and, and, and ultimately he reveals himself through Jesus. And so let's continue to follow after him uh, this week and today and always. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.